You're listening to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast, the show that proves no one stumbles upon success ever. With your host, Lou Need. Every Mondays and Thursdays, we deliver cold heart evidence behind the power of a robust morning routine. Get ready to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Hello, morning enthusiasts. Welcome to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lunid, and today I have the honor of introducing a very special guest to the show, Kathleen Charter. Now, she is all things fitness. I'm talking about passionate about it, loves doing it, and she designs it to be a lifestyle habit um, versus a short, quick fix, which is just a New Year's resolution. We're talking about long term. How do you sustain your fitness and how do you do it in style, but also just with pure joy? So with no further ado, I'd love to introduce her on. We're going to talk about that and her success habits and, of course, her morning routine. So, Kathleen, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. And you said in the the pre-show, you said um, happy people attract happy people. So I'm sure all of your listeners are happy, positive humans. So hello to all of them as well. Yes, yes. Good to have you. And I know we're talking a little bit offline and you said, you know, you're just truly blessed and truly grateful. And we want to talk about more about that habit later on about like how it just kind of forces you to see more things to be grateful for, more things to be happy for in your life, just the attitude of gratitude um, mindset. It's an attitude of gratitude, but it's also an attitude of create gratitude, which I think is what where you were going with this, you know, and my life mm-hmm. story brought me there because I was not born a fit, naturally fit human. My, you know, I sort of ate my way through my parents' divorce and I'm six feet tall. And now that's something I'm very grateful for, but it always made me feel very insecure when I was growing up. Um, and so I spent the first half of my life thinking I was the quote type of person who didn't like to be active. And I was the type of person who wasn't fit. And what I realized after many years of, you know, going through this journey is I'm the type of person I decide to be. And so I have decided, you know, through many days of hard work and lots of therapy and and lots of deciding to be grateful that I want to wake up every day and I want to be the type of person who goes for a walk and and is, you know, finds the gratitude and eats the vegetables and drinks the water. Uh, But it took me a long time to realize that. And it took a lot of ups and downs and undulations and falling off the horse and getting back on the horse. And yeah. And I, and I think that people often think that, oh, fitness professionals were born that way. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I really always like to start out my interviews by saying I absolutely was not. And no matter how your listeners were quote unquote born, like however they feel they're naturally are, they can evolve into their favorite version of themselves, you know, with time and hard work and patience and all of those things. But health and wellness doesn't have to be something that comes easily, but it can be a skill. It can be a habit that you develop. Yeah, you create it, right? You create it. Yeah, you create the habits and then the habits will then create you, right? Because then you're on autopilot. You're Now it becomes who you are because that's the point of habits. They really change you to the core. 100%. I think there's that um, FM Alexander quote, people don't choose their future, they choose their habits and their habits shape their destiny or something like that, right? Yes. But you know, it's hard, right? Because yes, you're right, habits are habitual, and then it becomes this lifestyle. But in order to create a new habs- habit, you need at the beginning an influx of in- intention. Yes. Right? And that's, I think, part of the tricky thing is people hear habits and they think, oh, they should be easy. 
And they are once those grooves in the record player has been really enforced. But at the beginning, you need to be the person that says, okay, this is not a habit. And in order to create a habit, I have to be very intentional um, at the beginning. So if you think about habits that you have, like let's say brushing your teeth. When you were Mm -hmm. a kid, your parents made you every day brush your teeth. And now it's a habit. But at the beginning, you didn't want to do it or you, you you resisted it. So you, everybody listening, has to be your own parent. And you have to say, okay, what is the habits that I want? in six months to have as habitual. Okay, if that mm-hmm. is an attitude of gratitude, if that is going for a walk, if that is drinking water, whatever those are, right now, I have to be my own parent and put in the intention so that every day I do it. And it's going to feel hard at the beginning. It's going to feel different. It's not going to feel normal because it's not your norm. But then eventually yeah. through repetition, it becomes that norm and then it is easy. And then it is just that stream pulling you along in that current of habits, right? But at first it's a challenge. And I think that that's where people come up to a little bit of resistance because they say like, oh, but it should be a habit. It should be easy. I should, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but you have to create that habit. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. You have to, you give, have it to give it time for the brain to, to register that this is what we're doing. And as soon the minute that happens, and people say it could happen in nine days, 21 days, it's just a matter of being consistent because once that triggers and kicks in, then you're an autopilot. You really don't have control anymore. It's taking over because we have habits now. We have routines yeah. now that are created that we don't think, we didn't create ourselves. You know, exactly, we get up, exactly. Go to work. We get in our car. We drive. We drive to work. And a lot of times, we can drive ourselves to work and no one knows how we got there. For sure, yeah. Yeah. Well, I like to tell people that it's your future can be created by default or design. Meaning, yeah. you always have habits. You just are not necessarily aware of them, right? And so, the world can create a lifestyle, can create a habitual way of being that takes you on autopilot by default. Or you can say, I'm going to design the habits and the guardrails and the systems that I want. I love James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. And he talks Mm -hmm. about how every choice we make is a vote for the future version of us that we want to be, right? So you can intentionally vote for the future you that you want to be, or you can let the world vote for you. And the choice is sort of yours. Either way, you're creating a future you. You don't have the option to opt out of having a future you. That's a problem of huge privilege of being alive is that, you know, it's going to, we're going to have the future us, which is awesome. So the question becomes, are you going to create that future you with intention or are you not? And then, you know, that the yeah. only you or only the person listening can answer that. Yeah. And I, I agree. And it, is, it starts with the intention piece of it. Like you, when you started out, it was that, that self-worthiness, that self-love that says, you know, I'm going to eat the healthier meals. I'm going to yeah. do the workouts. I'm going to set the intention because mm-hmm. the goal was different. It wasn't just to lose weight. It wasn't just to stay fit. It was like, because it makes me a better person. Well, actually, so that's interesting because My story is a little bit interesting because it started when I was younger. So I actually had my mom helping me and she was that in person helping me set intention. Um, And then my sort of story took off and the ball got rolling. So really, I spent my entire life, as I said, the first half of my life, not loving myself, really, really having going in that shame spiral of waking up every morning being like, today is going to be the day that I get healthy and then eating like crap and not exercising and feeling like crap. And eventually what my mom said to me was, listen, we have to find a solution that works for you. Being 
active has to be a non-negotiable. But so far, we've tried to stick a round hole into a square, like a square peg into a round hole kind of thing, right? Like we've put you in ballet and we've put you in softball and those things didn't work. I was just so embarrassed around my peers. So what she said was, we're going to get you a membership to the local YMCA. The demographic is sort of over 40 and under five. And she's like, you'll feel comfortable there because it's people that are older than you. And I've always felt more comfortable with people older than me. Uh, she said, and you're just going to start walking and you're going to do 10 minutes. And that's that's fine. Uh, you don't have to do more than 10. And so she made the price of admission something that I could actually pay. Yeah. Like I could do it. She met me where I was. And then that 10 minutes turned into 20 minutes, which turned into doing some weight training, which turned into doing some aerobics classes, which turned into teaching aerobics classes, which turned into like me wanting to do this as a living. But I want everyone when they hear my story to, to hear that I didn't start, I didn't go from sitting on the sofa to running a marathon. What I went from was sitting on the sofa to finding something very small that I could do. I met myself where I was, but I did this because my mom said, we have to find your fit. And that's where my first book is called Finding Your Fit. And it really came from my mom's philosophy of, you know, we have to let go of the shoulds of like, you know, what your friends do or what I do or what your dad does and find what works for you and make yeah. it something that you will actually do. And so that's, so it's interesting, right? Like I actually didn't, it wasn't my intention, but I was a teenager, right? I was younger. And so yeah. as people listen to this and they have to think, okay, I have to be my own parent. Like I have to be that version of my yeah. Kathleen's mom that comes in and says, what will work for you? What is your fit? What is realistic to you? Let go of perfection. Let go of saying, well, you have to go and go do a ballet class. If ballet is not what you're going to do, fine. Find your equivalent of walking on the treadmill for 10 minutes. Like, what is that? Yeah. In the barrier of entry, making that easy exactly. to do. And exactly. we want to talk about that because a lot of the fitness piece right now fits into fitting, um, setting up habits. Barrier of entry, but also um, James Clear, Clear talks about Starting with the finish line in mind. In mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I agree with starting with the finish line in mind, but also caveat being, and I think James Clear would agree with this because he always says you standardize before you optimize. So yes, start with the finish line, but know that it doesn't have to be perfect when you start and know that the finish line can change, right? So if when I started my finish line, honestly, was getting to walk to 10 minutes. That was my finish line. Like right. I never thought I'd be a fitness professional who has a master's in exercise science. I've done Ironmans. I've done marathons. If I had said to myself, Kathleen, you have to be somebody who does an Ironman. You know what I would have said to myself? Screw you. I'm going back to bed. Yeah. Like that finish line was not a finish line that was plausible to me at the time. And it would have been completely overwhelming. So my finish line in that moment was just become somebody who goes and walks on the treadmill. And then once I became that person who walked on the treadmill, then I could slowly upwardly spiral from there. So I do agree that you want to have a finish line, but I want you to, I want everybody listening to make sure that that finish line doesn't have to be the finish line forever and always. It's your finish line for right now. And yeah. then as you said, right, like you make the barrier small enough that you can actually jump over the hurdle and then you can always change the finish line. And I really, really, really strongly believe in it's progress, not perfection. So you start because if you don't start, you have nothing to tweak. So you start, you get going and then you just tweak, you tweak the finish line, you tweak the goals, you tweak what's realistic for you as you go. Um, yeah. And as I said, James Clear really likes this line. You standardize before you optimize. So you standardize that you do move, that you do something and then you optimize how you move. 
Yeah, that is right on. And I didn't know you were a triathlete because I, I'm a triathlete myself, but it started oh, out with me just so running. Cool. Yeah, just running a 5K. And then it went from a 5K to marathon, to half marathon, to a full marathon. Yeah. And then I was like, what else can I do? The finish line. What else can I do? Yeah. Yes. And then so I, I didn't even know how to swim, but I signed up for a uh, oh, triathlon. So cool. And then worked my way backward and was like, okay, so I have two months to learn yeah. how to swim um, because I want to be able to do this sprint um, triathlon. Yeah. And so it's amazing. And I ended up doing a half Ironman. That is so cool. And like, that's okay. What I tell my clients is you do not have to be great to start, but you do have to start to get great, right? Like, I think we get so paralyzed in thinking, well, I'm not the type of person who does triathlons. I'm not the type of person who, who's fit. I'm, I'm so scared that we trip over ourselves. We, you know, we cut off our nose to spite our face. Like we get in our own way. And it's like, I get it. You're scared, but like, what's the worst that can happen? You sign up, you try, it doesn't work out. And then you keep trying. And then the next time, maybe it does work out, you know, like, who we are as people, the beautiful part of being human is that it can change. I will never get how I got into running. I I'd started to exercise. I was doing the walking on the treadmill. I was teaching aerobics classes. And one of my friends said, I'm going to do a half marathon. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm not a runner. I can't possibly do that. And she said, just try. And we trained together. And through the entire training, I kept saying to her, like, I hate this. I'm never going to like this. I hate it. I hate it. All the way through the half marathon, I'm saying to her, her name is Julia. I said, you know, I hate you. Why are you making me do this? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like yelling at her. We cross the finish line. And yeah. the first thing I do is I turn to her and I go, when's our next race? And I, <laughs> right? And like, that's the thing is you never know when you're going to turn to your friend and you're going to say, when's our next race? Like then I, I, all of a sudden I felt like a runner, but like, you can't become a runner without running. Like you just got to let yourself try. And I like the notion that you, it's who you become. It's like in setting up any goal, right? And we can talk about fitness and how being fit and working towards a goal changes who you are at the end of it. You're not the same person when you set the intention to when you actually accomplish it. Absolutely. It's almost, it's like starting a business, being an entrepreneur. We do it because of who we become in the process. Absolutely. It is the journey. And and I am such a different, I'm the same person, but I'm a different version of me, you know, now that I was 20 years ago, 20 years ago, I'd wake up in the morning and I was scared and I felt insecure in my own skin. And, you know, going through the last 20 years of getting up, doing a workout, often failing, feeling like crap, then learning from my mistakes. You know, what it taught me is I can do hard things. And that's a really, really lovely lesson. And the more hard things you do, the more you believe, like more data that you have, that the day can start out crappy and turn into something wonderful. And that a wonderful life includes bad days and really good days include bad moments. And wonderful lives includes lots of falling down and getting back up again. But if you don't fall down and prove to yourself that you can get up, you don't know that you're the person that can get up. You just think you're the person who can never start. and. Like a life of fear. We have one precious life. We get one, you know, like just try. What's what's the point otherwise, you know? Yeah. And I imagine that's a lot of the the thing you talk to your clients about, right? To kind of get them mentally prepared for um, when you're working with them. Uh, yeah. Fitness. Well, yeah. I just really try 
to instill in people that it's so much about your headspace. It's about how you talk to yourself. It's about your mindset. Because the thing with health and wellness is most of us know pretty much what to do, right? You know, you should drink more water. You should get more exercise. You should get more sleep. The question is not knowing. It's it's doing. It's the connecting the dots between knowing and doing. And, and we often think it's a knowledge game. It's like, oh, we need to know the right way to do things. But Pretty much, you you know, unless you're going to train for a very specific sport or become like a bodybuilder, for the most part, we know how to get more active. And what's standing in our own way is what's between our ears. Uh, and that's how we talk to ourselves. That's our mindset. That's our self-respect, our self-love, all of those things. So, you know, Derek Sivers has this quote that if knowledge was enough, we'd all be billionaires with six pack abs, right? It's like, it's not about what you know, it's about what you can make yourself do. And making yourself do things is about, it circles back to what we started with. It's about being the type of person who creates the world that they want. It's about being the type of person who can talk to themselves with kindness, but also hold themselves, you know, to a high standard. It's about being the type of person that can say like, yeah, I don't want to do this right now, but thoughts are not facts and emotions are not facts. And I can, you know, I can know that I don't want to do it, but I can also know that it's going to make me feel better. And I'm going to make myself do it because I'm a professional about my health. So it really, it all comes down to what goes on between your ears, how you talk to yourself and and how you, how you become that professional and how you become, I don't know, somebody who lives in integrity, right? Like that matches how they act with their values. It's really easy to talk about a value and it's, and it's much, much, much harder to actually do it. How do we get there? How do you get there? Yeah, a lot of self-reflection. Um, for me, a lot of therapy. I mean, that's not for everybody, but for what, you know, a lot of talking with friends, learning from others, a lot of being willing to be vulnerable, right? And, and say like, yeah, I'm not perfect, but I'm on the journey and I'm willing to work and I'm learning, willing to learn. I think having people that you trust that you can talk to, reflect with, I think journaling can be a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think really ultimately embracing uh, like the Carol Dweck idea of um, growth mindset, right? Like progress, not perfection. That I think when we get stuck in that we have to be perfect, it gets us really trapped and then you don't progress, right? And you don't learn and you don't grow because you're so afraid of not knowing. And as soon as you embrace it, there's so many things to know and so many ways to do things. And there's so many people to learn from then you can, you, that you can progress, progress and you can grow and you can talk to great, interesting, smart people. And you have to feed your mind. You have to be careful what you feed, your senses, all of them, your eyes, what you watch, your ears, what you listen to, who you listen to, the words that are coming out of your mouth because you're listening. You know, you know, be careful what you say to yourself because you are listening. And that really does change you. It really does have an impact on how you see yourself and how you carry yourself throughout the day. So these senses, we really have to protect them and be mindful. And so that's why I think the morning routine kicks in because it allows us to feed our senses is the right, with the right the stimulations and the right things that we need to prime us for the day. So let's segue into your morning routine. How do you get up, dress up, and show up? I love that. Well, one of the things I've done for a long time is exercise in the morning, for sure. I think I was talking to a client this morning, and she's going through a lot. And I said to her, I'm so proud of you that you've continued with your, you know, your morning routine of moving. She's a cyclist. And she said, Oh, absolutely, Kathleen, I have to, you know, my life is so crazy right now. It's not an it's a non negotiable because it primes me for my day, it primes my mood, it primes my mindset, it gives me time to reflect. 
And that's definitely how I feel. Like if I wake up in sort of a sluggish mood, I say like, you know, the worse my mood, the more important my workout. And it just sets the tone. You know, it's important to front load it as well because if it's done, then you can't skip it later. But more so, I really think of exercise for my brain and my mood more than anything else. Like I just, I'm a, such a better version, calmer version of Kathleen when I've done that. So I think that's really important. And I really take a moment to reflect every morning on the things that I can do throughout the day to reset my physiology, because I think that often things happen um, based on a poor physiology, right? Like you're really sluggish or you're really tired or you're really hungry. And so you snap at somebody or you get angry or you make a quick decision. And so I remind myself every morning, okay, so if I'm feeling discombobulated, what can I do to feed my physiology? I can make sure that I have healthy food. I can make sure that I've had a moment of like breath. I can go for a walk so that I have always a, like a productive pause between stimulus and action. So I take a moment in the morning to remind myself of the different ways that I can reset my body throughout the day. And my morning routine also is prepping my food because again, that, that is how I make sure that my physiology is on board, you know, cause ultimately we're all basically like two year olds at heart. And sometimes all we've done is let ourselves get too hungry or too tired. And then we make really poor decisions. So I definitely do all that. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I do is I track every day and I got this from a, a Tim Ferriss podcast. Actually, I forget the name of the author, but he wrote from good to great. And he says that every day what he does is he tracks in a journal. If his day is a negative two, a negative one, a zero, a one or a two. And he does that because then he can see when he looks back at his years, how, you know, he can have a negative two day and then the next day it can be like a positive two day. Um, so to remind himself that he doesn't get stuck. It's like, if I'm having a bad day, that it's always going to be a bad day. So I, tr that's the other thing I do every morning is I kind of look back at my days and how I've tracked them. And I remind myself that a really good life can include bad days and a bad day can be followed by a really good day. And that helps me feel really good too, because it means that if I go through my day and I have a moment that's kind of crappy, I'm like, okay, well, tomorrow will be better or next, the next moment will be better. So those are all the things I find that all of those things are really important for me every and single morning. Do you just put that in the journal? Like a, you, you do the negative two, yeah. two zero, you yeah, just and it's just a number? I just write a number. Yeah. And it's purely, it's not even so much for me to look and see if the day correlates to what's happened in the day. It's purely to just remind me that this too shall pass that like every right, that there's ebbs and flows in every life. Because what I used to have happen when I was more depressed is that if I had a bad day, I would think, Oh my God, this day is never going to end. And then my this week is going to be bad. And then the month is going to be bad. And the year is going to be bad. And I would feel like stuck in that mm -hmm. bad moment. And when I've, looked in the day in the morning i've looked at my past days and i've seen how my life ends and flows then when i have a moment during my day that's frustrating i just can say to myself i can do hard things and every day includes these bad every day includes bad moments and every life includes bad days and just like keep making the best decision possible at you can at this moment so it just helps give me some perspective yeah, I like that because sometimes we do get caught up in the negatives. Um, if it's just a bad day, it just feels like it's a whole week. And oh my I God, started, it feels like it never ends. Yeah, I started doing that and then realizing, oh, it was just one day. 
oh, it was just, I didn't work out for only two days. Or it does in my head, it feels like I didn't work out for the entire month. And so then having, having that grace towards yourself and be like, oh, I'm making progress. I'm moving forward. I'm moving yeah. in the right direction. It's really nice to kind of remind yourself that it's okay to have an off day. It's okay to have yeah. a down day. Um, just know when you get up, like progression is key, that you're making progress. So that's- well, we're all just, we're all human, right? And we need to learn to talk to ourselves with kindness and love. You know, as I said, to find that balance between holding yourself accountable, but doing so with love, right? So you're not shaming yourself. What you're saying is like, what can I learn from this? How do I grow from this? How do I keep going? Yeah. So tell us, where can we connect with you? Where can we find you? Um, KathleenTrotter.com is my website and I'm fit by Kathleen T on all the socials. Um, yeah. And get hold of me. If you have any questions about anything that I've said, I always like connecting with people. So you're welcome to, you know, send me a message um, or an email. Yeah, that's fantastic. Kathleen, thank you so much for sharing and coming on. It's very, very insightful just to kind of get a breakdown of why we do the habits and why we, how they continuously will make us once we set the intention. Well, it was my pleasure. It was absolutely my pleasure. I love talking with such an energetic, um, grateful human. Awesome work. Thank you. All right, morning enthusiasts. That's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. If you love the best morning routine ever podcast, We'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or Google Play. While you're at it, tell a friend about the show. Be sure to visit bestmorningroutineever.com and our Facebook group to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic free bonus content. Until next time.